want to read something to you. I usually make my own notes if I have any at all, but this time I cheated a little bit uh, like this, so I'm, I'm going to read it basically to you this morning, and I think you'll understand why when you hear it read. <clears throat> it, it, it's taken really uh, from the context out of Proverbs, the 31st chapter, and I think everybody knows Proverbs 31, 10 through the end of the verse, uh, end of the chapter pretty good. It's been read many times. There's a lot of ladies do not re deserve it. <clears throat> I read it a lot at funerals, uh, but I basically pick whom it is that I'm reading it for. Because uh, just because you have, uh, yeah, I'm mean as a snake sometime, brother. Norman, sometimes I can get mean, right? Thank you for agreeing with me. Uh, just because you birthed a baby doesn't mean you're a mother. Thank you. Thank you. A lot of people are mothers that never knew what childbirth was. And so um, mothers are special people. It's been said that the hand that rocks the cradle rocks the nation or rules the nation. And that has a lot to do with it also. <clears throat> but uh, I tell you, you can look at you can look at Allie here. Now Allie is uh, has another child with her. She's two there, <clears throat> and can't ask her. You know, are you going to have a baby? She already has a baby. Don't ask her well, when's the baby going going to be here. It's already here. We need to get our phraseology straight. You know, this child from the time it drew its first breath or heartbeat within her was a child in the, on the planet. It was here. It was here. And if you're going to take the life of that child, even then or when it's born or whatever, you're a murderer. It's just that plain and simple. And all murderers and all liars and all of these people are going to have their part in a lake which burns with fire and brimstone. That's biblical. That's biblical. So I'm not going to pull any punches at all. Uh, I, I do not believe, I do not believe in abortion, 100%, I do not believe in it. I believe God made this set up for us to bear children and to raise those children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and uh, that's His will, and that's the way it should be done. So taken from this, when God created mothers, when the good Lord was creating mothers, He was in His sixth day of overtime. When the angel appeared and said, you're taking a lot of time on this one. And God said, have you read the specs on this order? She has to be completely washable, but not plastic. Have 180 movable parts, all replaceable. Run on black coffee and leftovers and have a lap that disappears when she stands up. <laughs> a kiss that can cure anything from a broken leg to a disappointed love affair and six pairs of hands. And the angel shook his head slowly and said, six pairs of hands? No way. It's not the hands that are causing me the problems, God remarked. It's the three pairs of eyes that mothers have to have. That's on the standard model, asked the angel. God nodded. 
One pair that sees through closed doors when she asks, what are you kids doing in there, when she already knows. Another here in the back of her head that sees what she shouldn't, but what she has to know. And of course, the ones in front that can look at a child when he goose up and says, I understand and I love you without so much as uttering a word with those eyes. God, said the angel touching his sleeve gently, give me rest tomorrow, get some rest tomorrow. I can't, said God. I'm so close to creating something so close to myself. Already I have one who heals herself when she is sick, can feed a family of six on one pound of hamburger, and can get a nine-year-old to stand under a shower. The angel circled the model of a mother very slowly. It's too soft, she said, sad, but tough, said God excitingly. You can imagine what this mother can do or endure. Can it think? Not only can it think, but it can reason and compromise, said the creator. Finally, the angel bent over and ran his finger across the cheek. There's a leak, he pronounced. I told you that you were trying to put too much in this model. No, it's not a leak, said the Lord, it's a tear. What's it for? It's for joy, sadness, disappointment, pain, loneliness, and pride. There's something so special about mothers. The text in Proverbs 31 was written by King Lemuel. He was of Marsa, probably in northern Arabia, near Edom. And it was from a non-Israelite woman, for one. If you can find truly a good wife, she is worth more than precious gems. And if you know this verse of Scripture, you know he's picking out parts of this Bible here. She buys imported foods, whoo, brought by ship from distant ports. Guess you all heard that, didn't you? She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plans the day work for her servant girls. She goes out to inspect a field and buys it. With her own hands, she plants a vineyard. She's energetic, a hard worker, watches for bargains, and works far into the night. She sows for the poor and generously helps those in need. She has no fear of winter for her household, for she has made warm clothes for all of them. Thank you. I'll still just hold on to this one, George. She also up upholds the finest tapestry. Her own clothing is beautifully made. Did you hear that? You bought yours at QVC and belts and leggings and <laughs> listen, I'm talking about makes her own clothes. She's a good mother. She's a good mother. A good mother. Her husband is well known for he sits in the council chamber with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments to sell to the merchants. 
She is a woman of strength and dignity and has no fear of old age. When she speaks, her words are wise, and kindness is the rule of everything she says. She watches carefully all that goes throughout her household and is never lazy. Her children stand and bless her, so does her husband. He praises her with these words, There are many fine women in the world, but you are the best of them all. King James says they excellest them all. Charm can be deceptive and beauty doesn't last, but a woman who fears and reverences God shall be greatly praised. Praise her for the many fine things she does. These good deeds of hers shall bring her honor and recognition from people of importance. I think that's a pretty good explanation of Psalm of Proverbs 31, a very good explanation. I'm not going to preach a fire and brimstone message this morning for that because I know time is going on and I have one other thing I want to read with you. But mothers are really more important than we give them credit for. And I know Father's Day is coming up soon and we'll honor our fathers and we'll thank the Lord for, for righteous and, and precious fathers. Mothers, mothers have given us an example over the years. Hannah, for instance, gave us a great example with her child. One of the greatest things that can possibly be done for mothers, you know, for mothers is to dedicate their children to the Lord while they're young, while they're babies. Babies, babies are a gift from God. They are a miracle from God. There's something that only God can make. I mean, man can make some great things. He can make robots and he can do all these things. He can do things that really conflict the mind and, and, and boggle our mind, but he can make them. And they're not all born equal into this world. You know, whoever said all men are born equal, and I think it was one of the writers of our Constitution maybe said that. Am I right, Brother Willie? He's my, he's my history uh, buff over here. Uh, so, sometimes we say that, and yes, in one sense of the word, we are all born equal. We are, we are children of God. We are, we are the makings of God. We are the handiwork of God, and we have breathed into us the breath of God. And we also have a spirit within us. There, there is definitely a spirit within all of us. Some babies are born perfectly healthy. Some are born with problems. And I know you have, you have one here, one or two, that's born with, with some problems that you've taken care of. Is that Heather back there this morning? Thank you, Heather, for being here today. And I know you have little Nash as a special child. Sometime I think, well, God knows who can handle this one and who can't. Uh, there are times that people don't want the baby and so they do away with that child. They abort it. Or even after it gets one, two, three, four, five years old, they murder that child. That's done more than one time. So many times, and I know I may get, be getting on toes this morning, but that's all right. Um, they'll heal up if you walk on them slowly. Um, Sometimes girls have children, and then uh, they're not married, and they wind up then having a boyfriend. And somewhere in that deal, more than one time, over and over, the boyfriend does away with the child. It takes a while sometimes for them to catch who's doing it, but those in the law enforcement have told me, said the first person we look at is the parents or the parents' boyfriend or girlfriend one. 
We look to see what's going on there. And so we have, we have treated children so many different ways. A child is blessed that comes into a home that will look after them and that will travel all over the country with them and try to pray for them and get them, you know, back in a healthy position or, or place where they can greet the world. We face that, we face that in the society we live in today. And I don't know why these things happen. I, I, I still remember the words. I still remember the words that Tim said. And I think he got a call. He had to leave. But I still remember the words that he said when Paige was born. And uh, we have two grandchildren, Paige and Summon. We're blessed to have Summer here with us this morning and Justin. And I'm proud of Summer. I don't think she could have found a better husband than what she found. And I'm not saying that to build up points with him. I don't need any points. But I, I, I love this man, and I thank God she found him. And some I can tell you right now, you all better not separate because we're going to miss you if you do. <laughs> some of you get that tomorrow. <laughs> but I, I'm proud of them. But when we went to the hospital when Paige was born, and, and the doctor had told Cheryl that she was going to have a boy and uh, of course I think they had some things maybe four boys I don't know really know now there's no suspense in births at all they know the day after they get pregnant whether they're going to have a boy or a girl so uh, at that time and, and, and in the hospital the baby was born and lo and behold it was a girl it was a little girl and somebody asked Tim, said, Tim, are you disappointed? I think I asked him or maybe Arlene asked him or somebody else said, are you disappointed that it's a girl? He said, I'm as happy as I can be. All I did was count fingers and toes. And I th I've thought about that probably a thousand times since then. You know, there's some things we need to be thankful for that we take for granted some things we really need to be thankful. I'm thankful that I'm able to stand here this morning, even at my age, that I'm able to stand here today and say, I love my wife, I love the mothers, I love all of you this morning. Thank God for friends. Thank God for every one of you. It takes us all together, pulling together, united to do what the Lord has put us here to do. And he didn't put us here to divide. He put us here to conquer our own feelings and turn it over to him and let him direct us in a great way. We are serving a mighty God this morning, folks. We better realize that we're serving a mighty God. And Lee, I know you're happy with this parade you've got across right here with you. you got this group and you got some more. Thank you all for being here. Thank you all for being here, all of you. So many churches I've been in and Arlene and I have been in, and there's no young people at all in it. And uh, thank God for young people. Somebody did the job right in raising them. There was a man named Bob Daly that wrote an article. And I want to read that to you this morning. I read this to the old folks class over here, I think, meeting one day. And uh, I, I'm, I've just something just hit me the other day and said, read it again to the mothers. This is telling you men how to treat your wives and mothers. This is, this is giving you the instructions on how to do it. And he wrote this article. And he said, Dear friends, it is important for, for men to remember 
that as women grow older, it becomes harder for them to maintain the same quality of housekeeping as they did when they were younger. When men notice this, they should try not to yell or become angry. Let me relate how I handled the situation. When I got laid off from my consulting job and took early retirement in March, it became necessary for Susan to get a full-time job, both for the extra income and for the health benefits that we needed. It was shortly after she started working that I noticed she was beginning to show her age. I usually get home from fishing and hunting about the same time she gets home from work. Although she knows how hungry I am, she almost always says that she has to rest for half an hour or so before she starts supper. I try not to yell. Instead, I tell her to take her time and just wake me when she finally does get supper on the table. She used to do the dishes as soon as we finished eating. It's now not unusual for them to sit on the table for several hours after supper. I do what I can by reminding her several times each evening that they aren't cleaning themselves. I know she appreciates this, as it does seem to help her get them done before she goes to bed. Now that she's older, she seems to tire so much quickly. Our washer and dryer in the basement. Sometimes she says she just can't make another trip down those steps. I don't make a big issue out of this. As long as she finishes up the laundry the next evening, I'm willing to overlook it. Not only that, but unless I need something ironed to wear to the Monday Lodge meeting, or the Wednesdays or Saturdays poker game club, or Tuesdays or Thursdays bowling and something like that, I will tell her to wait until the next evening to do the ironing. This gives her a little more time to do some of the odd and odds and ends, like shampooing the dog, vacuuming, and dusting. Also, if I have a really good day of fishing, this allows her to gut and scale the fish at a more leisurely pace. Y'all getting the idea? Susan is starting to complain a little occasionally. For example, she say, will say that it's difficult for her to find time to pay the monthly bills on the lunch hour. In spite of her complaining, I continue to offer encouragement. I tell her to stretch it out over two or three days. That way she won't have to rush so much. I also remind her that the missing lunch completely now and then won't hurt her, if you know what I mean. When doing simple jobs, she seems to think she needs more rest periods. She had to take a break when she was only half finished mowing the yard. I try not to embarrass her when she needs these little rest breaks. I tell her to fix a big cold glass of freshly squeezed lemonade and sit for a while. I tell her that as long as she's making one for herself, she might as well make one for me. And I take her break by the hammock so she can talk with me until I fall asleep. I know that I probably look like a saint in the way that I support Susan on a daily basis. I'm not saying that the ability to show this much consideration is easy. Many men will find it difficult. Some will find it almost impossible. No one knows better than I how frustrating women can become as they get older. However, guys, even if you will just yell at your wife a little less often because of this article, I will consider that writing it was worthwhile. Regards your buddy, Bob Daly. P.S. Bob's funeral was on Saturday, April the 26th. On the basis of this email that was sent to many, Susan was acquitted of any wrongdoing. All charges against her were subs uh, subsequently dropped. So men, um, 
there is a proper way to treat your wife. So <laughs> I wouldn't advise you to do this unless you're getting ready to move on. <laughs> but I do want us in all jest and laying that, all of that aside, I do want us to regard our mothers as being something precious that the Lord has made for us. I told you last week that the men were made out of dirt, but the women were prime rib. And so these women are, you ladies should have hollered amen on that. But you ladies are precious. You're cut from a different cloth. Has anybody ever noticed besides me that women simply, mothers do not think like we do many times, do not act like we do, sometimes that's great, uh, do, not, do not look at things exactly like we do. Men seem to be different. But you see, when you take the marriage vow, you agree to become one. And don't push everything off on the mother. It's your responsibility. Has any man in here ever changed a diaper? Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's as much your job to do it as it is the mother. Huh? I grew up in old prehistoric days. There was no such thing as loves and huggies and... Don't y'all look at me like that. They were made out of cloth... And you washed them in a ringer washing machine, if you're fortunate enough to have one. And there was no such thing as a dryer except that big thing up in the sky that's got all that wattage. And you hung them out on a line. And in the wintertime, more than one time, and I mean this, they have frozen stiff before I got the last one hung on the line and got back in the house. And now all you all do is lay the baby down. Isn't this good this morning? You lay the baby down, hold your nose, take off the huggies, throw them over in the trash can and get a brand new one, slap on them and go on to the next. You don't know what it is. You don't know what you missed. You don't know what a fun time that was. But Susie, we survived. And they survived, and we made it. And thank God for mothers and fathers that stuck by us and brought us through all of this. You see, I was at a place yesterday in this beautiful home, and uh, this lady and her husband have been blessed abundantly, and they have, they have a place that will rival most anybody's home on this earth. I guess. And she looked at me. We were sitting eating at the dining room table. And she looked at me and she said, Wayne, I've been blessed. But she said, I grew up in a home, in a house, no running water, no electricity, no bathroom, no telephones, none of this stuff. And she said, God has blessed me, 
and I don't fail to thank him every day for it. And I looked at her and I said, and I grew up in the same environment. I was nine years old when we got electricity in the house. And I was a teenager when we got a refrigerator. Are you complaining? I am thankful for it. I thank God for those days. I thank God that I grew up in that and my parents loved me enough and they let me know this. And every night on their knees when they prayed and they didn't fail to pray, they prayed every night and I would hear in their prayer, God save Wayne. That was their nightly prayer, God save Wayne. And I went to bed with those words ringing in my ears. I'm thankful for godly parents. How about you? If you've got godly parents and still fortunate enough to have them, or you've got godly children or a godly mother, thank them and give them a hug and tell them you love them. God bless you this morning so much. I know this is totally different. I know this is totally different. I want you to stand. I want you to stand. We have a God today that loves us more than anything in this world. He loves us more than all the world that we have. 